0: Hello and welcome to Dragon Bites, the paediatric podcast aimed at paediatric trainees or anyone interested in child health. I'm Asim, one of the paediatric trainees in Wales and one of the presenters for Dragon Bites. This week we're going to fit in the final one of our grid application episodes for this season. We're going to be covering applying to and interviewing for the neurodisability Grid programme. I was joined earlier this week by uh, Dr Sophie Evans, who's an ST6 NeuroDisability Grid trainee currently working in the North East Deanery. Sophie offers us her hints and tips as to how best to apply for an interview for the NeuroDisability Grid programme. I need to apologise for my voice during this episode. I just finished doing a day of teaching and I had a really sore throat, so bear with it. But luckily, Sophie does the bulk of the talking for us. Anyway, let's get started. We're doing our a podcast today about applying to the Neuro Disability Grid programme and I'm joined by um, Sophie Evans from the North East uh, Training Deanery. Um, hi Sophie. Hi. Hi. How are you feeling today?
1: Good. Yeah, good. good. Thanks for having
0: me. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. <laughs> so I thought we'd start um, just, uh, just by getting to know you a bit really. Mm-hmm. So um, in brief, could you tell us a little bit about your sort of like um, career to date?
1: Yeah Um, so I'm an ST6 paediatric registrar um, and I work in the northeast uh, between at the moment between Sunderland and Newcastle Um, and I have basically been based in the northeast ever since um, I went to university so I came up uh, to Newcastle University um, and then stayed um, for my training Um, so I did my foundation training up here in Sunderland. I had A brief period away, so I was a teaching fellow for a couple of years before I went into paediatric training um, and I went to Newcastle University, have a campus in Malaysia, so I went to teach there for a year um, and then came back and did a paediatric teaching fellow job in Newcastle um, and then started paediatric training up in the northeast.
0: That, I've got a whole bunch of questions just following that, <laughs> but I probably can't go too in depth. But can can you tell us a little bit about a little bit about this experience in Malaysia? That sounds amazing.
1: Um, Yeah, so um, it was quite a good opportunity. Um, Basically, I was doing a teaching job in F2 and the advert came out for this job um, and I thought, oh, well, that sounds good. Maybe I'll apply, probably won't get it. Um, But yeah, essentially, Newcastle University teach pretty much the same course um, out in a campus in Malaysia um, and they have teaching fellows um, who do a lot of the campus teaching doing um, clinical skills, communication skills, um, and trying to support sort of the students in doing a lot of the quite UK specific bits of the curriculum um, that, um, that they kind of have to do as part of uh, being at Newcastle. Um, but it was really good experience. The students taught me a lot, as well as hopefully I taught them a little bit. Um, and I got to spend a lot of my weekends out in the sun and on the beach and traveling around um, all the different exciting places. So it was very nice.
0: That that does sound amazing. <laughs> um, so you you ended up following you know your 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 you know couple of teaching years. You you joined St. pete So what was it that led you into pediatrics?
1: Um. So I think I'd always kind of thought I wanted to do pediatrics. Uh. Even since before starting university. Um. I used to help out at. Um. So I was a brownie leader, and I quite enjoyed you know working with children. Um, but I kept quite an open mind I really enjoyed uh, weirdly I did a renal um, job in F1 and I loved that so I Mm -hmm. thought oh maybe I'll do adult renal Um, and I really liked palliative care um, and care of the elderly but um, I think the patients kind of won me over and I I found that um, the combination of general medicine and and the children um, were what kept me uh, interested in paediatrics so that's what I decided to do.
0: Uh, and has it? have you just been doing um, peds train, training pretty much um, non-stop since starting?
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, I've just kind of run through my training, essentially, mm-hmm. since I started at ST1.
0: And then what led you into the NeuroDisc Grid Programme?
1: Um, again... I'm not sure that I was sort of set on that from the beginning. Um, I had done a teaching job in F2 that had also some community paediatrics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked with the neurodisability team at Sunderland and just really enjoyed the kind of holistic aspect of it. Um the fact that you really get to know your patients, really get to look after lots of different aspects of their life. So not just the medical stuff, but housing and schooling, you get quite involved in that. Um, so I really like that. Um, I think I found that, especially when I did adults, I really liked care of the elderly and the complex patients. And I missed that a little bit doing sort of um, some of the acute peds. Um, and then actually um, I found that those complex paediatric patients were the ones I quite liked looking after. Um, and then I did a neurology job, a peds neurology job. And again, just found that I really enjoyed looking after those patients. So um, that's how I decided to do it um but yeah I think it's that holistic aspect um alongside being a bit of a specialist that I quite like the two combined
0: yeah Uh, and I've always wondered this and we we, I never really touched on this in the community grid podcast but you know a lot of people who apply for community grid also apply for neurodisc there's quite a you know as in the Venn diagram there's probably a pretty solid crossover there
1: definitely
0: yeah so so what do you think
1: is it what what
0: is it that led you more towards neurodisc than community
1: Um, And that is a good question. And I definitely considered um, both. Um, And I also considered neurology as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I definitely found that I preferred the kind of the medical aspect of the neurological patients. So I quite liked looking after the children who have epilepsy, cerebral palsy, um, and although I I don't mind doing a lot of the safeguarding stuff and that is still a big part of neurodisability. I think it's, you know, some of the safeguarding, the lack and that side of things I was less um, interested in, although I did enjoy it. Um, So I think I was sort of drawn to that more specific kind of patient group, I guess. Mm. Um, And with neurology, again, I think I it's still a very holistic specialty, but um, it's it's very very it is quite specialised and maybe slightly more focused towards like the diagnostics um, of neurological conditions, um, and I quite liked that mixture between the two that you get in neurodisability and that kind of um, f- focus on the function of the child and and sort of the enablement aspects. That I quite liked.
0: So you said that you're. ST6 now yes um so you're, you're just starting off on your grid training how, how much longer have you got left to go in your training before you CCT
1: um so it's three years um so I'll have another sort of two and a more than a half two and what nine months <laughs> left um until I until I finish
0: that's like how a toddler says their age I know yeah <laughs>
1: I've obviously been spending too much time with the kids haven't I <laughs> Uh, and
0: what do you find or what have you found so far to be the most rewarding part of your job
1: um i quite I, I really enjoy meeting all the different um children that we meet so they're all very varied um and i guess that's the same in throughout the whole of pediatrics um and i, I like the fact that i get to find out a lot about them um and kind of work out which bits I can help them with so to try and you know help them to continue to develop and continue to be able to I don't know go to school and participate in that and find out the activities that they like and try and see if there's things that we can do that can help them to participate in those activities I think that's probably one aspect that I find quite rewarding amazing Um,
0: yeah, they certainly, so I, I, I'm i a PEM grid trainee and we, we definitely don't have that aspect and it's something that I feel like we miss out on sometimes, um, sort of helping out from a more social, holistic perspective.
1: Yeah, and I think it, that's one thing I do really, really like. I think, and you get to know the children um, and their families really well. Um, especially you know when we go into schools and do the clinics and you see them in different settings and um it is quite nice just knowing oh actually you know this this patient they really enjoy I had a little boy the other day telling me he wants to set up a space company and we had a little chat about that and I quite enjoy like being able to have the time to do that
0: oh that's lovely (laughs) so it would be nice to find out a bit more about the actual you know the, the the grid program itself so um uh, what does the, you know, if you were going, if someone was going to be doing a neurodis um, grid programme, what, what would those three years involve?
1: Um, so you have to do uh, two months, uh, sorry, two months, 24 <laughs> months of um, neurodisability training and um, and then um, one year of paediatric neurology mm. um, within the two years of neuro disability, um, you have to do um, three months of um, cams mm. um, so that you can build that in either as a chunk of, I think a lot of people do. it, as kind of an ongoing um, sort of, a f- you know, bits here and there. Um, and that's to cover a lot of the autism, ADHD, learning disability aspects of, um, of what we do.
0: Amazing. Um, are there by the end of training, are there any specific um sort of training requirements you have to have achieved?
1: Um, so not really. We have our um grid curriculum um which we have to work towards. I would say it it feels fairly broad, so we do have, you know, certain conditions that we need to focus on More, but we don't have a specific list of conditions, Mm -hmm. Um, and there is quite a lot of breadth to be able to build in aspects that you're more interested in. So maybe more palliative care, maybe more sort of uh, rehabilitation aspects, uh, maybe tone posture. Um, So there is a fair amount of flexibility within that, um, and it's really just the the curriculum that you you have to, you know, fulfil. Yeah. Um, A lot of trainees do the um there's a pediatric neurodisability diploma that Sheffield University run, and most trainees do that alongside the training. It's not compulsory, but it hmm. it matches um the outcomes, so it's quite a good way of um of doing that of kind of building up your knowledge base
0: it, it, How long does it take to do the diploma out of interest?
1: Uh, so it's two years um and it's like a distance learning uh diploma um, oh, absolutely. at the moment yeah at the moment mostly online because obviously we can't meet up but there are t- uh, usually it has sort of residentials where you get to meet up with other people um during the course
0: which amazing is- so so the length's quite well matched up to to how long the grid program
1: is absolutely yeah yeah oh, wow. um, and there there is an um, option within this grid program so you can actually complete it in two years rather than three years if you get all your competencies done so there is a bit of flexibility there as well so it does really well match up actually with oh that.
0: perfect not that we're promoting unnecessary diplomas if you don't want to but no, it's nice to, you know this is an option yeah um fab so um going on to the sort of application process have you got any um general advice you would offer trainees who are thinking of applying to neurodisability
1: um yeah so i think um what a lot of people say start early um mm-hmm. although i would say don't worry if you haven't so i certainly didn't um yeah. it took me a long time to realize that i wanted to apply for grid um but i do think if you have thought about it early it does probably make it easier to build up some of that experience within your training um and i think tell people early um, that you're interested so um, especially with neurodisability because it is quite a broad specialty so if even if you're not working somewhere where there's a tertiary neurodisability service, service um, most hospitals will have um, a community paediatrician or several community paediatricians who look after children with neurodisability. Mm -hmm. They might have general paediatricians who um, do neurodisability. So actually there's a lot of people out there that you can approach. um, And if they're aware that you're interested while you're working in that department, it just means you'll probably get more access to maybe projects that are related to that um, and get involved with some of the patients that are um, in that that department.
0: Amazing uh so you know with with you know projects and things like that in mind what what can trainees do to maximize their chances of of getting an interview
1: um so i think um going along with sort of starting early is actually if you've looked at the application quite early so um the the sections are broadly the same each year so you kind of know the key areas that you're going to need to work on so i would you know looked at the application um and i knew um you know there were certain areas that I was maybe weaker in and then I suppose you can then target certain projects or certain things to those areas for example for me leadership was a bit of an area that I wasn't as strong on so I applied for a trainee rep position um in the region um I volunteered to do rotor management um and even though that maybe isn't worth lots of points it gives you something um to put into that box so that you're kind of completing bits um And I think as well, things like audit projects. Um, So there's, you know, within neurodisability, it's such a broad specialty that, that, you know, within general paediatrics, within community, within neurodisability, there's always audits that can be done. Um, So just trying to get involved and get something maybe that's themed towards specialty. Um, And I think, I guess, making sure, trying to make sure that those projects that you're doing, you you try and complete a cycle Um, I think I was thinking oh you know when I was playing oh I don't really have that much I don't really have that many projects Um, but if you've got even just one really good project where you've shown that full either the QI process or the audit process and you've done the full cycle and maybe even re audited it or being part of that um, that shows a lot more skills I think so maybe trying to focus on key things uh, would be good
0: Amazing. That's really helpful. Thanks. Thanks, Sophie. Um, so you mentioned um, um, leadership work and and um, audits. I think those are guaranteed. They come up pretty much every year, don't yeah. they? And then the yeah. other big areas are, are, are teaching and, and research, normally. Those are the other things. Is there any particular focus on, on research in in um, neurodisability?
1: Yeah, I think um there's quite a lot of different um aspects of research going on um within neurodisability um and there's lots of different groups that are are doing doing things so i think linking up with the you know your regional neurodisability team is probably a good start for thinking about getting into research um again that was probably another slightly weaker area on my application um but discussing with um the tertiary centre she it's uh, a tertiary um, specialist who works in Newcastle and um, she already kind of came up with some names of people that I could speak to about maybe getting involved in certain projects so um, I guess the key thing with that is making sure that you have enough time mm. um, so definitely I like I said I decided quite late that I wanted to do grid um, and so actually you know realistically I was never going to really get massive amounts of, of research stuff into that box other than what I'd done sort of within my teaching job um but I did sort of GCP and then at least did a bit of recruiting to studies not necessarily relevant to neurodisability, but in neonates um, and things just to try and build up those um those areas yeah
0: exactly I, I think like GCP and but um, just recruiting is like it's like relatively low hanging fruit, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah, amazing. So that's a really I think it's a really help, helpful way to to at least get a, a point or two. Um, yeah, out of that column.
1: Absolutely, but yeah, the, spe- the there is lots of different groups doing research. So mm-hmm. if you have got the time and you are thinking about it early, I would definitely recommend linking up with your regional um sort of service and getting involved there because there'll be lots of options.
0: Amazing. Thanks, Sophie. Um, so let's say, so one of our trainees, they've now applied um, taking your advice on board and oh, they dazzle. They've got themselves an interview. Um, so uh, have you got any tips for trainees to get ready for the interview?
1: Um, practice, 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 <laughs> practice with everyone. Um, so I Um, There was a group of us all applying to GRID at the same time, um, not all applying to the same subspecialty. Um, And we had little groups uh, online meetings where we used to practice with each other and critique each other. um, And that was really helpful. Um, And then I think trying to find other people who've maybe done the application, especially people from your specialty, um, When I was applying to neurodisability the panel was split so it was half neurology and half neurodisability um I know that they are separating the interview process a little bit this year so it it was the same panel and the same interview and the same kind of for both specialties when I did it but they've divided that this year so if you're doing neurology and neurodisability you would have two separate interviews um but I'm not sure if they're splitting the panel um But yeah, when I did it, it was neurology and neurodisability. So trying to find people from those specialties to interview you might seem intimidating, but it's really helpful. Um, And then I think they can give you a lot of insight into the kind of answers that they'd be looking for, um, help you with structuring your answers. Um, And they have a lot of insight into some of the hot topics as well that might come up um, that you might get interviewed about. Um, So that's quite a useful way. but yeah, just finding lots of people to ask you questions, I think, is key. Yeah,
0: it's, it feels brutal, but you do need it, don't you? Yeah,
1: it? absolutely. Um, and I think I used a lot of resources as well to try and get up to date with what was kind of, like I said, the hot topics in neurodisability. Mm-hmm. Um, so some really good resources are like the BACD website. Um, so that's the British Academy of Childhood Disability. It's mm-hmm. Academy, British Academy of Childhood Disability. Mm-hmm. Um, the BPNA, so um, that's the Neurology Association, uh, British Paediatric Neurology Association, they have lots of news and events that you can read about um, and they, I know the BPNA did an interview um, session as well where they talked through sort of tips for interviews and mm-hmm. um, And then I kind of used Twitter as well. I followed lots of disabled children's charities um, because that just flags up some of the issues that are relevant to the patients um, and gives you a really good insight that way. So, um, I was doing it sort of during the pandemic and a lot of the issues that were coming up were access um, to education, access to services, and that was a really big issue for children with disability. Um, And I was a lot more aware of that through sort of following um, these charities and and that, you know, was something that did come up in the interview. So that was helpful.
0: Amazing. And did you use any resources or, or did you get any advice from people about actual like structuring of interview answers and things like that?
1: Yeah, so um, I used the book that everyone talks about, the medical interviews book. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I think it's ICS or ISC Medical mm-hmm. um, was the one that I used. I'm sure there's lots though. Um, and that has really good kind of um, structures for the different types of questions you might get asked. Um, so thinking about personal Um, sort of presenting you know personal achievements or difficult scenarios um so I used that book um but also um some of the consultants that I practiced with similarly um had those kind of structured um answers that they'd had to give when they'd done consultant interviews Mm um I think they're often um the same kind of thing um using sort of camp or using stars or these are the things that people mention um but I think as long as you have a structure that works for you it it probably doesn't matter so much but I think the key thing is working out how you want to present the information that you've got and having a structure but yeah those that was what I used
0: yeah, that, I think that's a really, I think loads of people use that book, really, don't they? It's yeah. a really handy use, resource. We won't go into the sort of ins and outs of camp and stars no. yet. No. I'm sure people can jump online and look that stuff up. And I suppose if anyone is applying, they're almost inevitably going to buy or borrow that book, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the, in the interview, um, what sort of questions do you find tended to, to come up um, for, for neurodisability?
1: so um they had the same sort of broad um themes i think that they use for all of the interviews so um they have a question which is sort of motivation for specialty um one that's a clinical scenario um one that's more sort of academic and and research type question and then one which i think is usually around teamwork communication those kind of skills um so Certainly the kind of motivation for specialty, however they ask that, you sort of know you're gonna get a question, which is why do you want to do neurodisability? Or um what makes you a good candidate for neurodisability? Mm. Um so I think that one is a key one to really make sure that you've got an answer for and practice an answer for. Mm. Um and I think that's a really good one to get across some of your um stuff that you've put in your short listing, so in your um, application, um, because they won't have uh, necessarily, you know, read all of that or read any of it. Um, mm. So it's a really good opportunity to sell yourself and show off um, what you've done. Um, so just trying to have a really good answer for that, um, I think, is helpful.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's similar for the other areas, isn't it? You can almost predict a lot of it, you know, for the because t- I think it was the same with the PEM interviews. We had the exact same four domains. Yeah. So, so like, you know, you know you're going to get a teamwork working question. So you should know Absolutely. rough answers to... Um, to you know what makes a good team or can you give me an example of when you led a team really well you know things like that
1: exactly um I think mine was because again I it was during the COVID pandemic so mine was an example of how COVID has helped or Im- improved team working mm. um something like that I think it was um and actually you know thinking about current the current things that are going on really does help you to come up but you know i'd already sort of planned an answer along those sort of lines because i knew that that was something that maybe could have come up
0: mm. yeah it's amazing how much if, if you think about it you can probably get you know ready in advance but i suppose uh, the trick is doing it in a way where you're you're not sounding like you're just reeling something off the top of your head
1: absolutely yeah um and I, th- I do think um the practice helps with that a little bit because you you realize you're getting thrown you get thrown slightly different questions in a slightly different way and actually the practice almost helps you to adapt to what you what you get sort of what you're getting mm-hmm. um like you said you don't want to just reel off a list of everything you've ever done you want to um you know sound a little bit um natural yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. natural. <laughs> uh,
0: how, how long did your interview last for
1: so I mean it felt like an absolute lifetime but I think it was only about 20-25 minutes mm. so it was actually not that long mm. um but it, like I said it feels quite long um what I would say is the uh, the interviewers were lovely <laughs> they were really nice um and they did um kind of prompt you a little bit if you were going off or if you'd kind of you know not not filled your time um to make sure that you stayed on track Mm -hmm. um but yeah I think it was around about 20 minutes ish and it's so about sort of five minutes per question
0: fab I think that's the other thing with interviews isn't it it's trying to get that timing and your internal timing in your head yeah that involves a fair bit of practice too doesn't it
1: absolutely and actually we so when we were practicing we used to time each other um so that we would say actually your answer's too long there or um you know you need to you know take some of those words out or you could add a bit more there
0: yeah amazing um so so have you got any other final tips or or hints um or messages for listeners who are thinking of applying to neurodis?
1: um i think definitely apply it's a great specialty (laughs) um i think sort of believe that you can do it um and sell yourself um I always I kind of thought oh I'm not really grid material um (laughs) I'm not really someone who's gonna do grid training um and I don't really have a lot on my CV but actually when you start to put it all together you realize that you do have a lot everyone has a lot um and it's just about writing it in the way that so that really sells what you have achieved because all of us will have done you know projects and and things and if we have an interest in a specialty you will find that you probably will have graduated towards doing more in that specialty so it's just trying to kind of pull that experience out um, I know a lot of people say a lot of people said to me "Oh, I don't really have any experience in neurodisability But actually, they've done community paediatrics, they've seen neurodisability patients in general paediatrics. So it's just trying to pull out that specific kind of experience and use that in the application, I think.
0: Amazing. I just want to say thank you so much for your advice and your help, Sophie. I'm sure loads of listeners will will be listening to this over the next couple of years and you'll be helping them all out.
1: Oh, hopefully. (laughs) So yeah,
0: thank you again, Sophie. You're welcome. And I just wanted to say thank you to Sophie for recording that for us. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening to Dragon Bites.